So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance Okay. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing Season 5, Episode 9 of Before the 90 Days. In this episode, Benjamin tells us a nonsense story about a train, Memphis has more demands for Hamza, Gino might be the worst person we've ever covered on this podcast, Mike has a question for Jimena, and we probably say goodbye to Caleb and Alina. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. And if you are also watching Love During Lockup, we are covering that on our other podcast, Love After Lockup, okay. All right, thanks for listening, stay safe, and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you today? Ooh, I'm doing a little better this week because my semester ended last week, which is always the longest working part of the year. Like, I always am behind in grades and have to grade oh, like gosh. a thousand things and then get all the... You know, people being like, I know this was due in November, but Ugh. I just need this for a C and I re- – oh. Yeah, I don't miss that. Yep, <laughs> I do not miss that. I mean, I missed it by a couple weeks, but <laughs> I don't miss that. <laughs> yeah, uh, nobody does. Um, so I had a lot of these people first, so I'm going to yeah. get started. Let's get started with the um, – you know, I'm going to get started with the boring ones. You're not supposed to start with boring, but I'm going to start with boring. And that's Caleb and Alina uh-huh. because it was mostly just them having the same conversation. But, you know, since she did get fired, we've – seems like we've put this on the fast track and we've fast forward quite a bit. So there's only like two days left for them to be alone in Turkey. So he says that he wishes there was more time for them to go together because, you know, he's still in his, I just need to feel things out more. She's not all about that though. She wants to nail down their relationship status. She tells him he's upset about him being too vague and she just wants to lay it on the ground. Are you even open to having an exclusive relationship? Uh, She doesn't want to go home before she knows for sure what their status is and he just thinks it's too soon to be making any kind of determination or commitment. He says that he's not against committing to her per se but, you know, he has to make sure he's doing the right thing. He doesn't want to do that. And uh, He ended up saying something like, well, you know, if we had more time, the answer might be yes. Which seems like an implication that right now the answer is no. So she should feel good though that it's out of respect for her that he's taking so long. I'm doing this because of you, for you, to make sure things are right. Anyway, um, his final answer basically is I need more time. So she's not happy where things are. They go back to the room. Caleb says she's created um, a no for herself by forcing the issue. And you know, then he ends up sleeping on the couch. The next day, they're off for a boat ride and some sightseeing, but things are super awkward. Um, Caleb wants to wants to ignore everything and just enjoy the boat ride, but they don't, and then they end up having literally the same conversation over again. However, later, when he's meditating and she like climbs over him to get into the bed and he doesn't <laughs> even move until she's already in the bed, um, he has a little bit of a different conversation. Uh, he kind of tells her that the reason he doesn't want to commit is because he's not sure how in the into it he is to have to take care of somebody long term. He said he's an independent bachelor who likes not having to worrying about any basically anything besides what he wants. So this is not the first time Alina has heard this kind of thing and she's disappointed because she thought higher of him. So it looks like we're definitely not going to see much more of them because at the end of his episode, they are at the airport. 
they pack up and they're, they're that point where that relationship when you had a big fight and you're not sure if somebody's joking or not or you tell a joke and people don't think you're joking and you don't really feel comfortable talking to each other because she says like, well, my suitcase is full. Maybe I won't bring your stuff. And he was like, well, OK, if that's what you feel like. But it was a whole thing. Anyway, she's sad. He's sad that she's sad. And at the airport, you know, before they go to their different terminals, they have one more talk about whether or not they'll even see each other. Or keep in touch and it's kind of like blah, blah, meh, I don't know, I want to stay friends, that kind of stuff. So, you know, they both feel maybe like they missed out on a lot on something here and uh, they leave, they get on different planes and they go. All right. So, you know, assuming this is the last time we see them because I think we kind of hit that. Like I see this kind of being like this is your wrap up. This is move along, get on the planes and go. (laughs) I don't know who's, whose side are you on? I mean, do you do you really think Caleb needed more time or was the answer always going to be no? And he just didn't want to admit it. I, I think that the more time thing is probably because he wants to want this. And yeah. I feel like I've had this conversation with guys that I've dated before and it always kind of worked out almost exactly how this played out. So I definitely like... I don't want to say I was triggered by it, but it's just like it seemed very familiar to me, this whole conversation that they had. It's like you're kind of pressuring the person to come up with a definitive answer because this maybe business isn't good enough for you. And I mean, I know for me that I have anxiety when it comes to, you know, relationship and where, you know, I stand with someone. I want to feel secure in a relationship. And so... I don't like this in between maybe thing, just like Alina wasn't about to accept like later, I'll tell you later as like a response because it's like, no, I need an answer now. I'm not going to sit here. First of all, it makes you look pathetic for waiting around for someone to decide to be with you sure, and then have this kind of like weird, like in between thing. Um, so I get where she's coming from. However, kind of pushing them to make this decision. It doesn't surprise me that the answer is no, because they're not super sold on it. And I think in Caleb's case, he wants to say yes, but he knows it's a no right now. And I think he feels guilty about it, which is why he's saying, like, if I had more time, maybe I would think differently. In my experience, more time doesn't really change their mind one way that they're still unsure. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to know. Like, and you can't tell anybody. And I get where it is. If you're unsure, it's going to be like, well, when are you going to be sure? I don't know when I'm going to be sure. I don't sure. know if you'll ever be sure. That's the problem. Yeah, I, don't, I can't even guarantee you. Yeah. I, and that's, that's kind of something he was coming from, too, is mm-hmm. making the mistake of seeing like, well, if I had just like two more weeks – um, there's like, no, then I could make a decision. You'll never know if you'll never know if you're ever going to be sure. Like it, it's, right. it's, it's not. And I mean, I get where he's coming from too, you know, in that, you know, this is a person who, if you care, even if you do care about them, right. Mm-hmm. I feel like caring about them in a weird way. And this is kind of what he was hinting out at is like, if I didn't care about you, sure. I'd tell you, yes, it would shut you up. We'd have a fun rest of the trip. And then I'd leave and I could just, you know, ghost you or dump you or whatever and it wouldn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and But he's like, but I don't want to do that to you. I like want to be honest with you and I want to give you, you know, what the real status is. And because believe me, I'm pretty sure he's done that yes and then we'll split up and then I'll do the fade out on you. Um, yeah. And then <laughs> things go away. 
I'm pretty confident he's done that to other people. Oh, I'm sure he has, because I think it's very much in people's nature when they feel cornered to just want to appease the other person. And so they'll say yes and think about the whole time. How can I get out of this situation? Right, right. And especially when you're in it. And that, that's the other thing, too, is it's a bad time for her to be asking for a definitive thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because it, A, is really not that long, right? It, it, it's two weeks that they were there, I think, right? Yeah. And that's – that's. I know it's two weeks we were together all the time, but that's – even you or you were, you know, you had said you had similar things like this. It wasn't after two weeks of dating somebody that oh, you're like, no, 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 no. no. I need to tell me <laughs> if you're committed right now. Like that's going to scare literally everyone off. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But I get where she's coming from. Like one, they have a limited time. They have a limited time together and she doesn't feel like it's been two weeks. In her mind, she thinks that this is a 13-year affair, which also isn't very accurate considering, you know, she's clearly dated other people during that time. So you can't say that you were with this person or it's been 13 years. somewhere in between. You don't have to go and learn all the, let me tell me about your family and blah, 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 mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Like that that kind of background what kind of person they are, what they think is funny, what things that those those you have established already. We don't need to establish those things. But it's definitely a switch when you're talking about considering someone as just a friend that you talk to and somebody that you're romantically involved in. And I definitely think it's really tough sledding and kind of unfair to make somebody make this commitment when they're literally trapped with you in a room. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that's not the right time to be kind of making this where there's, there's – extra pressure on because you're like, well, what am I going to – because that's what we figured before is his answer was always never going to be yes by the end. But Mm -hmm. he wasn't going to say no at the beginning of a trip and ruin the rest of the trip. Right, right. And make things all awkward and uncomfortable. So I'm going to throw in my personal opinion here because I know it might be somewhat controversial. Um, But, you know, it's really kind of based off of the millionaire matchmaker, Patty Stanger, and her rules for dating. And one of the rules she has for dating is that you shouldn't sleep with someone before you have that understanding of exclusivity. And so I kind of I feel that Alina made a mistake here in sleeping with him. Um, when he's uh, not going to be exclusive and not necessarily because, you know, it's like you're dangling a reward or something over someone's head. I don't necessarily see it like that. But what I kind of feel is that she is so emotionally attached to him. And I don't think sleeping together really helped that situation because now she has that expectation that this is a relationship. I'm sleeping with the guy. And so I think just based on you know, how she's reacted since they finally became intimate. It's like, you probably should have held off so that way you're not so brokenhearted when it doesn't go the way that you think it's supposed to go. Yeah, and I especially that's, I would say that's especially true with somebody like Caleb who definitely Mm -hmm. doesn't see sleeping with someone in that way. Yeah, right. Right. That doesn't, yeah. He's going to sleep with anyone, relationship or not. He doesn't care. Yeah, he doesn't care, which is, fine if that's who you are and it's fine if that's what the understanding is, right? But it's like, yes, if what you're looking for is a relationship and and I guess I wouldn't put it – I wouldn't necessarily put it in that don't sleep with them at all as much as I put it, don't expect that sleeping with someone is going to further like change their mind significantly about where you are in the relationship. Oh, I absolutely agree with that. If he was unsure before, he's going to be unsure after. It's not like he's going to be like, wow. 
now that we slept together, I feel like we're in a relationship. Not now. It doesn't it doesn't really work like that. Yeah. And that's part of why Patty Stanger has this as a rule is because sometimes it is very difficult, especially for women, to really separate those two things out. Sure. And so it's just easier to say, just don't sleep with them unless there's this understanding of that you're exclusive, because there is always going to be that, oh, well, we slept together. So it, we, we should be something more than maybe the other person thinks. And so you're not necessarily going to be on the same page. And yeah. so, I mean, the idea is like, yeah, sure. If you want to sleep around with someone, just sleep around, you know, but you can't have the expectation that this is going to lead to a relationship. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's just it, it, they saw things super differently. And like, I, I definitely kind of got the impression that Caleb thought this. Well, I mean, and Caleb thought this, at least to his credit, at least he was honest about the, I mean, it's kind of a shitty thing to be honest about. Maybe he felt like shit about it. But the, I don't really know that I want to take care of you. I don't know I want this much responsibility to be a part of my relationship. And you can say that's a shitty thing or not. But I mean, if that might be, then it would be wrong for him to commit to this relationship. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where it's very hard to hear because you would hope that people wouldn't feel that way. But at the same time, I felt like it was actually kind of brave of him to be that honest because I don't think most people would be that honest, even though I feel that a lot of people would also feel that way. Right. I mean, it definitely is. And and I I, I get that Alina's tired of hearing it, but it definitely Mm -hmm. is. It's a a lot of an ask, right? If it's a relationship, I want – you know, you're looking for that mutual support. You're looking for that 50-50 split. We always, you know, we see that with the uh, with Angela and stuff, right? Yeah. Ah, everything's 50-50, right? And yes, yeah, she can give that to you in other ways, absolutely, right? Mm-hmm. Right, emotionally and things like that. But it is a lot to be like, no, you're literally always going to be the one who has to do the dishes or you're all going to be the one who always has to drive everywhere. And then that she can do those few things. But, you know, I mentioned, of course, I mentioned two things that we literally saw her doing. So many <laughs> yeah. those are bad examples. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, but certain like, if we go out, like you're gonna have to push me around all the time. Like that's mm-hmm. that's not nothing, right? And and it is one of those things that you you hope that you care about someone and, and care about them enough that you would be willing to do that for them of eternity. And if you're, but man, if I'm her, I don't want somebody who kind of only wants to do that because it's just gonna be resentful. Right. Yeah. And I was going to say, I think it's natural to have a hesitation, which is what he says he has about it. Right. And I think he's trying to wrap his head around this will be my life. And I think that's fair. Um, At the same time, it just it made me feel like Alina was not necessarily being super realistic about the situation because the way that she talked about it, she was just like, I don't know why this is such a burden for everyone. Love conquers all. You would do anything if you loved someone. It's like, yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, I would definitely do a lot for a lot of people, right? Right. But that doesn't mean you want to feel like you're obligated to do a lot for a lot of people. Yeah. And I think part of that is, you know, when you think about that situation, like, you know, the in sickness and in health, like marriage vows, right? Most of the time people are healthy when they're making those vows, you know, and then something happens and you're like, okay, so, you know, this wasn't like anticipated. I think it's kind of almost like, you know, people 
filtering out like on dating apps. It's like they're not going to necessarily choose that for their life because they can make the decision if they're going to, you know, even be in a position to fall in love with someone. So they're going to filter out that situation. You know, they're going to be like, that seems like it's difficult. I'm going to like not even get to the point where I am falling in love with someone. And so I think that's that's like part of how that dynamic is different than what she's kind of talking about. Like you do anything for the person you love. Yeah. But most people first. Yeah. Right. Are going to be like, hold up. There's hesitation here. To be fair. That is the sign of a very, very, I mean, we do live in a very ableist society, right? Yeah. And, and it is definitely a, you know, I definitely feel like especially with the way I'm talking specifically, I'm like, I feel like I'm coming across as pretty ableist, but like mm-hmm. whatever people's issues are, right? Whatever the, the the issues they're gonna bring to a relationship, for whatever they are, whether they're that, whether it's emotional trauma they have in the past, whether you're still having to weigh is the drawbacks that I, or the things that are harder worth everything right now, right? Yeah. I mean, reg- whatever they are. Yeah, and if you don't know the person, you don't know if it does outweigh it. Right. It's hard to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, so speaking of not really knowing a person or even if they <laughs> are a person, let's talk about Ben and Mahogany. Yeah. Yeah. So Ben is working out his stress since he's feeling betrayed and sad. He feels like he's worth so much and Mahogany couldn't even muster the effort to meet him. Ben has written a terrible story for Mahogany <sighs> called the runaway train which you is about written, he's, he had to steal that from somewhere right he no it's so stupid it's so bad though it's so bad there's no way he stole that from anyone okay anyways uh it's about a runaway train where the passengers are all panicked except for two strangers who decide to start dancing down the aisles as the panicked passengers are now happy and cheering them on the train does eventually come off the track but then settles back and everybody is safe and happy And everything is fine. Ben compares their relationship to the runaway train and thinks that he and Mahogany should just dance. Ben is confused because they had planned a life together. Ben calls his friend Jason and tells him that Mahogany stood him up. Jason points out that she didn't meet him and she hasn't messaged him, so maybe she's not real. Ben understands why other people think it's a catfish situation, but Ben is convinced this person is real because of the cerebral and emotional connection he has with them. He believes that God blesses this union, so now he's going to go to San Bartolo and he will give her a chance to meet him at a restaurant. And if if she doesn't show up, then he'll know that something is wrong. Jason says that he can't allow her to ghost him and he will have to move on. Ben is getting ready to see Mahogany, which includes having to cover his ugly toes, and he still hasn't received a text from her given his obsessive calls and messages we see. He's trying to give her the benefit of the doubt and truly believes that she's just scared of how serious the relationship is. He gets in a cab on his way to San Bartolo, where he asks the driver for a restaurant recommendation that he messages Mahogany to meet him at. On the way, Ben finally hears from Mahogany, who simply says that Bartolo, San Bartolo is far from Lima. Ben is confused by this message, but interprets it as a good sign that she pretty much didn't tell him to go home or not to come. He heads to the restaurant. He tells us he's been deprived of love, so the taste of it just feels so real. <sighs> 30 minutes after the meeting time, Ben is feeling like yesterday, where he was stood up at the airport. 
Ben hasn't even heard from her and says he would at least tell the person if he was running late. He's finally starting to lose hope and wonders if he's being set up. All right. So what do you think? How would you interpret the message Mahogany sent him? San Bartolo is far from Lima. Yeah, that to me means that's a long distance and a long time. Don't waste it. Don't waste your time coming here. That's that's the way I read that message, right? <laughs> like, uh, that's a pretty far long – that's a pretty far long way to go to sit around and wait for me to not show up. Like, that's <laughs> – Well, what else is he going to do? He has two weeks. I guess. I mean, I feel like I would – you know, I, I – at some point, you got to be like vacation in Peru, I guess. Like, let me see what I can do. Let's go yeah. around and do Peru stuff. But knowing him, he's going to be like, oh, two weeks of opportunities to keep on getting rejected. And I feel like he would still leave after trying to set up a meeting every day for two weeks. He would still leave convinced that somehow her father was the reason oh, yeah, yeah. why. He's definitely going to leave like convinced that it wasn't it wasn't her fault. She's really what? Because they have. And this is where I was getting at the what? What does it mean to have a cerebral connection with somebody? I what, don't know. I don't even know. know what he's talking about. He doesn't have a connection with anything other than her face and her boobs. Yeah. Yeah. Spiritual and cerebral connection. Like, yeah. No. I don't even know. I, I, I was like, yes, that is a word that means brainy-ish. Like, I don't understand. Because it, that, like, it look, doesn't look like any of the things she's putting there is like – you know, philosophically or intellectually stimulating conversations of like, I want to have your babies. Right. <laughs> well, and also we've talked about that the language barrier between them will really limit what kind of deep conversations they can really have. Although I will yes, say, I, was gonna say. <laughs> I am actually fairly impressed with his Spanish compared to all the other partners we've ever seen on the show. And their failed yes. or weak attempts at speaking their partner's language. So this his was person, actually okay. He successfully got into a cab, told them where to go, yes. and actually like had a conversation with the cab driver on the way. Yes. Right? Thank you, Duolingo, because yes. remember, Ben is also the only one we have seen on this show that actually was actively trying to learn the language That's via Duolingo. Good, it yeah. was pretty good Duolingo, I gotta give him, because he said and this is what's funny because this was funny story. I was actually watching this. I had this on and my, my daughter was in the room playing on her phone and she was just like – he came up with this part where, you know, right at the end, he's like, I just feel like, you know, we've had this big long connection over three and a half months of texting and like I didn't know she was paying attention and she just started laughing. I was like, what are you laughing at? She was like, three and a half months? Like that's it? <laughs> uh, was this the older one or the younger one? This is the older one. This is my 13-year-old. Say- <laughs> Even a 13-year-old can identify the stupidity of this. Yes. I was like, she was like, three and a half months? What is he talking about? <laughs> if, if he's only been studying Spanish for three and a half months, that's pretty good. Like, yeah, exactly. yeah. I, I kind of wonder too a little bit, maybe he has a leg up because, uh, I mean, yeah. I took, oh gosh, probably four or five years of Spanish in my lifetime. And my Spanish is pretty not good. For, uh-huh. you know, taking Spanish for four or five years. But if I get, like, practice, like, on Duolingo, it's okay. Like, I can get by. Um, so, but maybe there's that background, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, and it wouldn't surprise me because he was a pastor. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's a profession that does – it does help definitely to speak some Spanish. 
But yeah, yeah my my three years of um, Latin does not really help me anywhere at all for anything. <laughs> right. I was going to say, the Mormons are the best at learning new languages so quickly, too, for their yeah, uh, I, missions. They're very good. They definitely have. Um, and I don't I don't think they teach it. Well, one thing that's true is I've always I heard that is the like the specific way we tend to teach it in our high yes, schools. I believe is it. Not good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also I know pe- I've also known people who learn languages very quickly um, for like NSA at the because na- mm-hmm. I live near the National Security Agency. Yeah, um, and they they learn it pretty quickly, and that that is that I think is another full immersion thing. It is not the way we teach it at <laughs> at, at in the schools. Right, right. So yeah, uh, to be clear, we don't think Ben is Mormon. I was just bringing up the fact that Mormons have a different way of approaching, yeah, it, yes. language acquisition, and theirs is actually pretty successful. Right, right. Uh, all right, let's move on. Um, let's go to Mike and Jimena. All right, so after a week and a half in Colombia, it's nearly time to go home. By the way, I think it's funny. Like some people stay there for like a week and some people are there the place for like six weeks. But it's yeah, so right. Weird. Well, let's look at the ones who have jobs versus not have jobs. Mike has a job. Mike has a job. Fair yeah. enough. But anyway, it's, you know, he's been there and it's time to go home. So now is the time for the marriage proposal. So he gets there early to the restaurant to check out the decorations and make sure the cake and everything is ready. He not only invited Jimena to dinner, but her whole family too. And it's nerve-wracking for him because he's, you know, making that classic mistake of not being 100% sure she'll say yes before he proposes. So the family being around makes it perhaps a little less romantic than one might hope, but the food looks good and everyone looks like they're in a good mood at least. So he asks Jimena if she's if he's doing better at hygiene wise and she says yes but make sure you keep doing that when you go back to the US. So soon he calls everyone attention and reads a prepared statement in Spanish about how much he loves her and blah 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 and all that stuff and the kids and and then out comes the cake with the ring and the proposal on top of it. And of course she breaks into tears and then says yes. She says that everything was beautiful and seeing this his romantic gesture how he puts everything together reminded her of why she fell in love with him. So the rest of the family starts crying too and it's, you know, Mike says he's very happy that he's, you know, basically getting an instant family. So her father welcomes him to the family and is happy that Mike is taking this relationship seriously and is going to plan on taking care of the grandkids. So then they all dig into the cake. So, but now it's the next day and it's almost time for Mike to leave. He tells his family that he hopes to return in a couple of months because he needs to go to work, as we said. But when he gets, uh, the plan, though, is when he gets back in a couple months, they'll get married then in um, – they would get married in Colombia and then they can apply for the spousal visa. So he says his goodbyes to the kids and leaves the hat with one of them, the weird hat he was wearing last time. Yeah. God. And then he and Havana head alone to the airport where they have the, you know, the I'm so sad I'm leaving conversation in the Uber. And then at the airport, um, at least according to the captions, melancholy music plays and they say their <laughs> goodbyes. And he gets on the plane. All right. So I don't know. Of all the proposals we've seen, where, where does this one fall in terms of the, you know, less least cringy, most romantic? Because I feel like we've seen some some rough ones, right? Uh, I wouldn't say it's romantic, but it was thoughtful. I think it was yeah, very okay, traditional fair. and thoughtful because there haven't been a lot of situations where um, they've involved the family. And um, I get that she has kids, um, but it was nice for him to invite the whole family. And I'm assuming that Mike is paying for this whole dinner. 
Yeah, yes, I assume he treated the dinner. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was very thoughtful of him. I think the cake was very thoughtful. Um, especially it was good on him that the proposal was written in Spanish on the cake. So, you know, if it as if it wasn't clear by his own, you know, what he had to say language wise, at least it was clear to her that, you know, uh, he oh, was yeah. proposing because even when the translations, I think he said, like, I want to marry me, question mark. And I was just like reading I think that he translation said that after the cake came out. Yes. Like, but yes, it was good that it was written on the cake yes. and that he wrote it on the cake. Unlike Corey from Corey and Evelyn, oh, someplace God. that was right in front of her face and she could read it. <laughs> yeah. Poor <laughs> Evelyn's like squinting like, what does that say? <laughs> exactly. Oh, goodness. Yeah, even when he came back and, like, did it again on the boat, uh, you know, the speedboat, like, it was saying? still like, wait, what does that banner say? It's like, come on, Corey. <laughs> yeah, so it's it was pretty standard. I mean, nothing dramatic happened. The way they cut it, it made it seem like she was crying, like she wanted to say no. Oh, that's the classic. That's the classic, yeah. is they cut him crying, and that's like, and then they go, dum, 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 dum. Yeah, but at the same time, when has anyone ever said no? On this show? Yeah, on this show. No one's ever said no. Even though fighting against tremendous odds, they probably should say no. No one's actually ever said no on this show. I mean, I would say even I would say even regular marriage proposals, like you gotta be 99.9% that say yes, right? And then if even if they don't want to, and then later yeah. in private are like, listen. Right. Yeah, especially when it's in front of your family. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like that's definitely the move um, for marriage proposals is to say yes immediately and then later on be like. Right. Hey. And I feel like <laughs> we've kind of thrown that out there as a potential strategy because it is interesting to me. We have had a couple proposals on this show where they have quietly broken up like right after the tell all or something, you know, where you're yeah. kind of like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, that's the, that's the classic, like the bachelor yeah. move, right? Bachelor, mm-hmm. bachelorette. They always, they never, they never get married, but they always like propose at the end, right? Like yes. there's all kinds of reality shows where that happens. And right, it's like, right. yeah, I remember how we got engaged on TV. No, we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> that's something else. And so what I thought was really funny about their goodbye is Jimena is just like, Oh, you know, I, I'm afraid if, like, you go back that you'll, like, forget about me or, like, meet someone else. And I'm like, <sighs> I don't – have you paid attention? Why You is- have <laughs> zero competition. Like, seriously, Jimena, come on. No one is fighting you for this man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's – there's that we literally heard about that when – yeah, when we got it. The little, you know, the short, bald guy who plays with Legos. Like, right. Not- Lives with his lives his dad and his grandpa, which is sweet. I mean, he's taking care of them. Yeah, he's never had a girlfriend since he was fourteen, and probably was at that point you couldn't tell was going to be short. Yeah, I mean that one's tricky because like I think feel like that's definitely a red flag for women, right? When they're like, mm-hmm. oh, I've never actually had a girlfriend before. It's going to be like, oh, 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 no, this is bad. Like, yeah, <laughs> watch actually, out. That being said, my uh, brother-in-law, like, I'm pretty sure officially, my sister was his first girlfriend. And they got married later on in life. I think he got married. Yes. I think he was like 35 or something when they got married. Yeah, that's that's a, that's that's different than when I got married to my first girlfriend when I was like 24. So that's a little bit right. a little bit yeah. different there. And I think the difference was is that he wasn't looking for a girlfriend. Like he was fine not having a girlfriend. Whereas Mike yes. seems to be actively trying and unable to get any girlfriends. Fair. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Mike 
there's a lot going on there. <laughs> like with the issues that he's coming across that may may have hindered him before. But like uh, I just wonder if it, you know, especially based on the preview that we saw, if she was maybe projecting a little bit about the I hope you don't forget about me when I when you Because <laughs> I'll forget about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, okay, um, let's talk about Memphis and Hamza. So Memphis and Hamza wake up, sort of, and uh, where they talk about Memphis wanting to go to bed early after they drank too much the night before and Hamza wanting sexy time. Memphis got off, so now she's happy. She's like, okay, yeah. all is well in the bedroom life. Yeah, as long as he gets 50%. That's all he needs, apparently. God. <laughs> Uh, so Hamza tells us that he was mad when Memphis threatened to break up with him if they don't get married. In the car, Memphis imitates a cow to get the point across that she's hungry and wants a steak. They go to a cafe. Hamza is trying to fatten Memphis up because he likes fat women because fat women have bigger boobs. Memphis talks to Hamza about getting a prenup. She explains that a prenup is a contract that says he cannot take any of her money in the event of a divorce. Hamza thinks that Memphis doesn't trust him and doesn't think that they will ever get divorced. He also thinks that she is being negative. Memphis says that she's just trying to protect herself and her kids. She says that if he doesn't sign, they won't get married. Hamza feels insulted because marriages should be based on respect and her possessions don't mean anything to him. He agrees to signing it, but Hamza admits he's been having some serious doubts about Memphis lately. Memphis says, big commitment in marriage, and asks if he's ready. And Hamza says, yes, but kind of hollowly. Hamza is quiet, and Memphis asks what's wrong, and he says, nothing. At the embassy, Memphis goes in by herself. Hamza waits by the car, and he tells us that he's upset that Memphis asked for a prenup and sees him as greedy. Memphis comes back an hour later with the paperwork and says she's nervous and scared because she just wants things to work. Memphis is frustrated by Hamza's demeanor because he seems frustrated. Memphis asks what the plans are for the wedding, and Hamza says it's a surprise. Memphis doesn't like that it's a surprise because he doesn't seem to plan things outright. She asks him how much the wedding is, and he can't answer those questions. Memphis then asks him if he has money in the bank or if he's broke. Hamza says he has no money. She tells him she wants everything to be 50-50, and he looks at her in disgust and tells her to stop. He then ignores her as she asks what's wrong and why he isn't happy. Hamza can't imagine spending his whole life with someone who can make him feel weak and sad. All right, if Memphis thinks Hamza's broke with no organization skills, who just wants to marry her for a comfortable life, why do you think she wants to marry him? I I don't know why she wants to marry him, because she seems to not like him very much but right. also be the one who's more invested in the marriage yes like and i feel like he's definitely getting that message yeah because it's like if we're gonna get married you need to make more money and be 50 and she whined the whole time that was me doing that that was whining. yeah she was whining the whole time and he i don't even think he really understands like well i already know he doesn't understand most of what she says but it's her tone of voice i think that annoys the crap out of him because you, you could just yeah. tell when she's talking he just looks like he's in pain right oh, but she's right it, it is it is emasculating and it makes him feel weak the way the way i put it down i wrote in a note she talks to him like she's the manager telling him all the things he has to do before lock before closing up yeah right? 
All right, yeah. make sure you, you have to make sure. Did you get the thing out of the cash register? You got to make sure you empty the cash register. You got to make sure that you put it back in the safe. And if you don't put it, then you're going to do that. You're going to put it back in the safe. Are you going to do that? If you don't do that, because she literally like three days in a row had three conversations with him that were all like, if you don't do this, I won't do. If you don't do X, I won't do Y. Yeah. In order to get X, in order to get this reward, you have to do this thing. You have to do this big thing for me. It wasn't a discussion on any of them. It was here are the things that you must do to earn your place with me and he's definitely starting to be like, yeah, I don't know if I want that place anymore. (laughs) Right. I was going to say that's what I find interesting. She like keeps on like dangling this carrot of marriage over him and it's like I don't think he even gives a crap. You know, the the best thing that you've said for yourself is I will break up with you if you don't get married. And then he was kind of like, oh, crap. But all the other stuff, he's like, meh, whatever. We don't get them to see in time. We don't get married. All right. Who cares? Right. Because it was, yeah, if we don't get married, I'll break up with you. But then I guess also in theory, if we don't get the embassy, I'll break up with you. If you don't have enough job to contribute 50-50 to the bills, I'll break up with you. Like what? what is all this stuff that's holding over, I'll break up with you? And, and Because the entire way of framing it that way, right, is – and he's not wrong. I am the prize here and yeah. you aren't doing enough to earn me, right? right. It, it has nothing to do with her agency and how much she likes him. It's all about will you do the things that I deemed necessary for you to earn marrying me, Yeah, right? And it's just that's not that's not a good way to approach a relationship. Well, my whole impression of Hamza at this point is the only thing that he really sees in Memphis is some lady with big boobs. And it's yeah. like there are other women with bigger boobs out there. That's what you're really yes. looking for that aren't such a pain in the ass. Right. Especially if you have already made clear that you don't care how fat they are as long as their right. boobs are big. You oh, have yeah. lots of choices. Yeah, you have <laughs> yeah. plenty of choices and ones that aren't going to emasculate you and make you feel like annoyed all the time. Yeah, it's just – yeah, the tone of voice gets him and like yeah. the thing gets him and then like – yeah, it was it was a lot. It was – because it didn't seem to me like she talked about I was satisfied after sexy time last <laughs> night, right? She didn't really seem like it because she was like, I just wanted to go on a sleep and you wanted to have sexy time and uh, whatever. Like she didn't tell him, right? Like the, when, when he sucked at it, she definitely told him that. But I don't yeah. feel like she told the cameras and she told us that it was better the second time and, you know, gave her what she needed or whatever. But yeah. like he didn't – she didn't seem to tell him and also that was thing A. Also B, he was trying to get freaky in the morning too and she was not seeing that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm starting to feel more sorry for Hamza because I, I definitely yeah. do. Yeah. It just seems like she's just trying to boss him around and I don't really understand like what she's trying to get out of it other than a contributing member to the household. That sounds like all she wants. Like, yeah. It, it sounds like most of what she wants is a second income in her house. Right. Like, and everything is. Everything was just by contract, right? Like we're going to have a contract for the marriage. We're going to have a contract that's going to be 50-50. And it's like, what are you contributing financially? And that's like all she seems to care about. Like she seems – she doesn't – because we've been through this with the language stuff. She doesn't really know him very well. And she's already like, we need to lock it down right now. Like I've got this contract to sign. Let's go. Like 
more money for more money in the house. 50-50. Let's go. Yeah. But then at the same time, it's like you can't work when you're over here on just your visa. And yeah. so you have to wait a certain amount of time before you can get a green card. So it's like, what is she expecting him to do during that time? Oh, it's I like, don't think she's thought that far ahead. No, I know. I was going to say, I don't think she really gets that she is going to have to financially support him at least for some period of time. Oh, yeah. She's definitely going to have that conversation with the immigration lawyer. It's like, wait, I'm responsible for him for how long? What? She's got to have seen this show and knows that that's a <laughs> you thing. Would- think so but clearly so many people who are on this show have never actually seen this show well that's, right yeah they're I mean, bad. similar to i mean because you're talking about memphis she didn't know what a cow sounds like she started meowing she said i want a cow <laughs> meow i mean wait no moo oh, God. <laughs> yeah it's like how are you this dumb and so educated i mean i guess that's pretty common but it's just like come yeah, on yeah i mean it, 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 a certain set of yeah, uh, one set of skills, especially when it's a, you know, she's a well, she's a nurse practitioner, right? Yes. It doesn't necessarily mean you spend a lot of time in medical school. You practice a lot of different things. You have these certain techniques and this these technical skills down, and this you know certain knowledge in one field. That doesn't mean you know anything from any other field. Which I, you know, not to get political, I wish some people who worked in those fields uh, sometimes realized. <laughs> Just because you're good at one thing doesn't mean you know everything about everything. Right, Um, right. But uh, yeah, it's just – it's it's pretty bad. But you know what it's not as bad as? Um, Is is, uh, Gino. That's what I have left. So bad. Very, very bad. I hate this man so much. I know. They really set us up. I know. Like, oh, this guy and she might be abusing him. And it's like, oh, no. I never liked him, just like, you know, not based on anything he did, but just him. I'm like, ugh. Yeah, just take it. I would would want to hang out with him. But now I actually just like, I have a visceral reaction to him. I like hate him. And you know, he, him and Jasmine are actually like the couple that appears like on uh, Discovery Plus. And so, yeah, Yeah. after I was watching it, I was like, ugh. I wanted to like throw something at my TV. I was like, ugh. Cannot look at his face. All right. So anyway, let's not hesitate. We'll get to the we'll get to exactly <laughs> what he did here. So we start off right where we left off. They're sitting at the breakfast, and Gino tries to tell Jasmine that what? No, I didn't send any nudes of you, but that's for darn sure I didn't do that. But then she shows him the screenshot, and he was like, "Oh, oh yeah, that. Um, yeah, no, that was just to rub it in." <laughs> As to how uh, hot you that were. does not make things better. No, it doesn't. Stupid. Um, yeah, so he tried to deny it, and she got and he gets shown the receipts. She breaks into tears and storms off, and he yeah, soon follows. But in an interview, he says that he made a huge mistake, but he sent it to get revenge on his ex or something. Stupid. By, so he literally said the word revenge. We're like, yeah. this is usually called revenge porn, and he's like, oh, I just sent it for revenge. Yeah. Okay. Stupid. Um. To show her how amazing his new girlfriend is. So anyway, Jasmine is somewhere else that he can't find her. And she's looking at more of the screenshots that the ex is sending. There's no more pictures, but definitely a conversation that he did not want Jasmine to see where he was like talking about how crazy she was and jealous she was. And also she's napping right next to me. Mm. So she says now she's made up her mind and Gino isn't the guy for her. He's a terrible person and she's going to go back. She's done with him, but she wants to confront him in the room first. So then comes the big fight. So 
he tries to do that thing where you're just like, all right, I'm in the wrong here, so I'm just going to sit here and take it, and I'm not going to say anything, and maybe it'll go away. But God. then Jasmine is kind of like me. When somebody does that, it just makes you more mad <laughs> the more they don't <laughs> talk to you. Anyway, so she was mad. She's not just mad about the news. She's mad about how he was texting his, texting his ex, and it was specifically texting things that she's insecure about. Yeah. Right? She's like, I feel like I might be too crazy and controlling. And he's like, she's crazy and controlling. Mm. She starts packing up her stuff in a plastic bag and you know, plans on getting her own room. And then while she's doing that, she just – is in the bathroom packing up her stuff except for one thing she runs to the door and chucks the electric toothbrush yes! down the dirt <laughs> so she starts then she starts yelling at him on another thing which has really offended her and that's about him spending money on sugar babies which at that point she says that he seems to start getting like visibly angry but this is due to other screen grabs that she saw where um he you know, his ex sent him and it was about emails, I guess, that she had gotten from another ex. He just pisses off exes all the way down the road. It's just pissed off exes all the way down. Um, anyway, he says that it's something about sugar baby relationships, saying he gives them 200 to $250 every time they meet. Another thing that he tries to deny and she's like, it says I have SBs that I, t- I pay $200 for. What is that? So – um. Jasmine says that, you know, this really, really disgusts her about him and that she can't be a sugar baby for someone. And especially if she wanted a sugar daddy, it would be a much better looking and much richer sugar daddy than him. Yep. Yeah. So, get him, Jasmine. <laughs> he just sits there like trying to be the- – and at some point she yell- is still yelling about the nudes and he was like, they weren't nudes. You had your top on. He was just topless. It's like what? why would oh, you say that? Oh, my God. Idiot. What an idiot. So she just keeps ranting as he sits there quietly. And it's it's funny because I thought how much of a parallel that was to the wallpaper fight that they had or the, uh-huh. the paint color fight that they had where she just yells and he just sits there and take it, takes it. But I feel like at that one, it felt like she was borderline abusive. And on mm-hmm. this one, it was like definitely not the same vibe. Yeah. Right? She it. definitely seems the one who was in, in the right this time. So, I mean, I mean, whew, whew. Where do we go? So what, what what's the worst thing that she found out in the messages? Let's put it that way because, you know, she found out a lot. Okay. I think the worst thing was the nude because yes. – and especially the thing that disgusted me the most was the fact that Gino somehow seemed to think it was okay because he was trying to rub it in to his ex that his current girlfriend is hotter than her. That whole ex- – that was just like, ew, you are a disgusting piece of shit. doesn't even make any sense. It doesn't oh make any gosh. sense at it all. It was so terrible. But – I think honestly what sent Jasmine over the edge wasn't necessarily the nude, even though it did. It did. You could tell like because she started crying immediately. Well, that that's just, was very, that's just such a violation that right. it's going to make you cry. Of course. Yeah. And, you know, and to be honest, I was a little surprised that she got that upset because she seems kind of an exhibitionist. Doesn't she? She kind of comes across as like, look at me, look at me. Oh, yeah. yeah. But but it's when you when you lose control over your own. Body. Oh, sure. Like, that's, sure. Of Absolutely. Like, yeah. But I think because at one point she said, like, I will never forgive him. And it was after she saw him talking shit on her over the message. And I think that's what got Jasmine because she's like, this guy's a liar. Like he's like laying next to me talking shit on me. 
to his ex to his ex right which and then that doesn't even go along with his whole like narrative you know it's like you're trying to rub it in that this girlfriend is hotter than you but at the same time you're also trying to tell your ex that the same hot girlfriend that you're supposed to be jealous of is crazy and it's just like that doesn't make sense. Are you trying to get with your ex? Or are you trying to make your ex jealous? Because those things don't go together. Why? I, I don't I don't understand trying to make your ex jealous outside of trying to get back with her. Right. Like sure. it doesn't I don't I don't I don't get that. It doesn't make any sense to me. And it does seem like that. Oh, look at this crazy hot woman. And also, I'm not even supposed to be talking to you because he's crazy jealous of my exes. It's just I'm going out of my way to show this stuff to you. I don't I don't I don't know, but whatever it is, he's a thousand – we didn't think he was unskeevy before, but he's mm-hmm. a thousand percent skeevier now. And I don't yeah. buy anything he says about the other stuff, like when he talks about the sugar babies. I don't believe that either. I right. believe he's hiding some stuff there too still. Oh, yeah, because he got – you could tell he did not want to talk about it and then the producers were asking him like in the interview to talk about the sugar babies. And you could tell he did not want to talk about it. No. Ugh. It's no. so disgusting to me. But you know what's more disgusting to me is he didn't even attempt at any point to try apologize. He basically every time like she he would try to like come up with like a dumb reason for his actions. Yes. Yeah. It was a justification. But yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the, like the sugar babies, they asked him like because he was very clear. I, I We went to dinner. And they had to say, like, did you pay for dinner or did you pay them? And he was like, I paid them. Yeah. And it was like, so to believe me that he he might have ended up with just dinner, but if that was the plan at the beginning of the night, I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Um, I doubt that's what he was hoping for by playing for this di- by paying for this dinner that it would just be dinner. Um, and you know, especially because he makes the same he makes the stupid excuses again. Well, I wasn't having the dating apps just weren't working, so I wanted to try something different. And it's like I was trying to mix it up and try something new. Yeah. So I figured, like, let's find sugar babies. That's something new I haven't done. Yeah, I mean, which I don't know. It's part of part of me is like, all right, fine. If that, if you're into if you're a sugar daddy into sugar babies, uh, okay. Uh, not not something I would do, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna judge unless you're judgmental of yourself and you won't just mm-hmm. admit that that's what you were doing because that's how you wanted to do things and like right. like that seemed like a good scenario to you and you you wanted to try something and not just like well I just tried a different tech to get someone to love me forever and it's like no you didn't like you were not doing that yeah I don't know if I feel comfortable with like how uncomfortable she was with that though. Like, I don't know. Like, she just felt like once you've had one sugar baby, everybody who you have ever who you date after that is a sugar baby now? Is that no. that's kind of... I don't think that's what it is. But it's almost like maybe you have this thought that like, oh, this person's trying to buy me. And this is like almost like a uh, prostitution. I can kind of mm-hmm. see it being like a... An easy, you know, uh, transition or at least, you know, easy to kind of get there in your mind. Of how they're kind of similar. Uh, but right. what I, I just, Jasmine, it's like her time to shine, the things she said to him. It was just like, for example, I can't deal with this level of stupidity. And I was just like, yep, I agree <laughs> with you, Jasmine. I cannot deal with this level of stupidity. Yeah. I mean, I did, I did like that she was like, listen, I'm smart. 
I'm intelligent. Mm-hmm. I'm beautiful. If I wanted a sugar daddy, I yeah, could do better than too. you. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get the best sugar daddy. I'm going to get yeah. the sugar of all daddies. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> right. And, just, and so, it, but it makes, it makes sense too. Cause I think that's kind of where it was, especially when she saw like the, Oh, I get 200, 250 bucks mm-hmm. a pop, whatever for my, when my sugar babies go out and like, then it comes full circle. What did she throw out the thing? What's the one thing he damn bought for her? Yeah. A freaking electric toothbrush. Right. Right. And it's kind of like, well, oh, this is where I am on your status of things. I'm electric toothbrush. On this. Right. Right. It, it also makes me like wonder because she did. She called. Well, I I don't. She called him a liar. But I think he might be pathological because, he, yeah. you know, at the beginning of the season, you know, trying to make it seem like he hasn't been with anyone for the last 13 years since his ex. It's like, well, then why is this ex, like, just kind of more recently in this picture? Why are we hearing about these sugar babies? Do you think this sugar baby situation happened 13 years ago? Because I'm going to go out on a limb and say no. No, it did not. And I, it it just, like I said, it just seems like he has, uh, you know, uh, heretofore unheard, like, trail of exes that are just, like, completely bonkers on this guy right right? and so which should be a red flag but it also comes down to you know they made jasmine look crazy they did earlier in the season because about it was it was stuff about his ex right oh you mentioned your ex your ex picked the paint colors of this room i can't believe it and i kind of wonder how much did she know about that ex and what has been going on there well okay but at the same time also in like defense of her looking crazy she went crazy over that random hostess at that restaurant so i genuinely believe yeah. that she is crazy jealous when it comes to other women but i don't know it's kind of one of those things where it's like in this situation she had every right to be but it's not always like that. So she can't always like justify it because I know she's going to bring that into her next relationship because she's she's starting to, you know, see a pattern here with all the people that she dates. And so I know yes. in the next relationship, she's going to do the exact same things that she did with Gino. And she's going to be like, all men cheat. Because didn't she say that, too? She's like, all men cheat. All men do this. And it's like she keeps on dating these cheaters and it just, uh, you know, validates her thought. And it's sad. I definitely think that she kind of in her head was like, listen, I've been dating these cheaters, these mm-hmm. assholes. I'm going to date somebody who maybe isn't as good looking and doesn't have as much going for him <laughs> and isn't as desirable of a catch because that's going to be more secure and finds out, oh, no, he's a cheating asshole too. So like <gasps> – I did that once. OK. So when I was like in my mid-20s, I was like, oh, you know, like – Uh, dating all these good looking men and they all end up being like such jerks and so there was this guy that like wasn't so good looking and i'm like you know what i'm gonna give this guy a chance because you know it's like well maybe it's just because like i'm you know just trying to date these hot guys so i date right you think the hot guys the hot guys have all these hot women throwing themselves at him and that's why they that's why they end up cheating and being jerks or not having hair because they have their pick of whoever right yeah so i'm like you know what i'm gonna date a you know mediocre looking guy and like hopefully he'll be like well i wasn't even hopefully i'm like yeah he's probably gonna be a nice guy like i need to date a nice guy for a change i end up dating this mediocre looking dude and he ended up being just as big a jerk as anyone else and so after that i was like forget it i'm just gonna date the hot guys at least i have something to be Jiff, nice it's to gonna be a jerk. At. It might as well be a hot <laughs> jerk. Yes. Uh, well, that that's what it is. Is like cheating doesn't really have all that much to do with 
you know what people think it does. It's not about yeah. being horny and like, you know, oh, my, my penis couldn't be controlled and so I had to cheat and, you know, there was all these hot people and it, it, she's hotter than me and it, it has nothing to do with how hot they are. It has nothing to do with how hot the thing is. It's just it, – it's a it's a personality thing and like anybody else, you can you can be good looking, bad looking in between and have But at the same time, don't you think flaws. better looking people have more opportunity and so I think that's what people think. But that's at the same think, time, but I don't think they do. I was going to say, I, at the same time, I feel like Gino is making his own opportunities here. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't I would highly doubt. I'd be curious to see some of the exes. But like, I I don't think Gino has really super high, like, you know, beauty standards with who he's going to like hook up with or <laughs> get 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 involved with. But like, it, 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 it's 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 across the board. Like there's somebody you know, just like I was said, like, they're, they're, you will find – everybody can find somebody that wants to be with them. And like I feel like if you are that kind of person, you will find somebody that will cheat with you. Like you're going to – you can find it if you're if if you if you're really dedicated and you look for it. It's, it doesn't – it's not necessarily – because I, I do think that. I do feel like that. I do feel that most cheating is at least – is mostly intentional, right? I don't mm-hmm. buy the accidental cheating. Oh, well – this hot woman's boobs just fell right into my lap. Oh, look at that. Oh, no. Right? It's, it's definitely something that you have to it, it, be an active part of. It doesn't happen to you when you cheat on somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, we didn't hear from Ella and Johnny. So based on everyone else, who was your student of the week? Mike, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I was kind of lost. At least he proposed and the person said yes. So oh, that shows some sort of forethought uh, that uh, that basically nobody else in the show <laughs> oh, had goodness. planned something and carried it out. Yeah, this definitely was a tough week. Um and I this might be a controversial controversial pick, but I actually went with Caleb because okay. I appreciated that he was honest even though it wasn't what Alina wanted to hear and honest when quite truthfully like his truths were hard truths. Mhm. Very easy to like lie just to make someone feel better, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would have been because you're right. It would have been very easy to just be like, yeah, sure, I could be committed to you, and then just kind of yeah. go back half a world apart and be like, all right, or it's just say it's something else that it's not what it is, right? Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, what about your dunce? I mean, so uh, actually, I went. I, I zagged a little bit because that was <laughs> Gino as the obvious dunce. Yes, here. which I did have Gino because I'm like. Oh, I hate you so much. You're done. Yes. Maybe for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, yeah, he definitely. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if him or Kimberly is going to be the dunce for the season. Oh, well, oh, yeah. We didn't see them today either. Yeah. Last week's Kimberly the begging for sex and stuff was oh, pretty God. bad. And then the preview for next week, like, uh, I'm not going to beg for sex. It's like, uh, I feel like, like you keep saying that, yet you keep begging. <laughs> yes. So actually, I went with Memphis because mm, yep. um, as class dunce because uh, she clearly doesn't respect him as a person no. or as a partner, um, and she needs, to, but she doesn't really seem to know that she doesn't respect him as anything. Um, and at least he's getting the the hint of that, but it's just not going to be a good relationship dynamic going forward, no matter what happens. For sure, and that's actually my life lesson is kind of directed toward Hamza. 
if you know you're having doubts about marriage, you should speak up or get out of the Mm -hmm. situation and not wait for it to be a runaway train that doesn't have a happy ending. Because I think so many times that people get caught up in things and it's not that they don't have doubts. They have doubts. And then they just let it get to a point where, you know, the family's coming in town for the wedding and they just feel like embarrassed if they cancel the wedding. And then they get stuck in this marriage with someone when they very clearly had doubts before. And then after they're married, it's kind of like, yeah, divorce is imminent because it's like you had the doubts that were like really based on like a reality. Right. And he's, I mean, he's not wrong with what he says, but you're right. But he tells us, but he tells the camera and he tells the producers, mm-hmm. he doesn't tell her. No, he doesn't, he doesn't say, tell wow, her. I feel like you're really emasculating me and you think very little of me. And every time you talk to me, it feels like a little bit like you're insulting me and making me feel like a weak person. Like right. he needs to tell her that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because it is true. Yeah. And, and quite honestly, what's the worst case scenario? She says, OK, fine. I we're not getting married this time. We're broken up. That should say something about your relationship. Then if the other person isn't willing to work on it, like they're never going to be able to work on it when you're married either. So why are you trying to hold on to something that's just going to be miserable for both of you? Yeah, it's just it, it, they're going through with this marriage and it's just like he doesn't seem to want the marriage and she doesn't mm-hmm. seem to like him. And so I don't know why they would do it. It's yeah. Like, God. All right. What about your life lesson? All right. So my life lesson is if you are going to be in a restaurant for an undetermined amount of time waiting God. for somebody, order something besides oh, water. I know. You ben, have to you're pay the those people. She keeps coming to help you. And you get, did you want any food? Yeah, Order an with the water. appetizer. Oh my gosh. Plus it's Peru. Peru, the food is so cheap there. Like spend a dollar, get an appetizer. Come on. I know. And like, yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, I feel like he hasn't even had any Peruvian chicken yet. Just get some chicken and like a beer or something. You can't just have one, at least a drink. At yeah. least a drink. Something that you're going to tip that waitress on who poor waitress keeps coming back and forth to ask him if he needs anything. He's like, no, I'm good. I'm just going to take up your table. Yeah. Yeah. The worst, too, is like that situation. Then they meet up and they're like, oh, let's go to this other place. And they like just leave. Oh, my God. I just like they deserve. Man, servers deserve all the money. They they (laughs) put up with so much crap. Right. Okay, so, uh, yeah, this train, (laughs) this runaway train is still going. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get the runaway train. Everybody dies. No No one died. We're on this. We're on. We're on this like collision course with death and nothing can stop it. We should just dance together. Why are people dancing? Oh my gosh. It's like try to save yourself. I feel like it's kind of metaphorical about how he like – And what was the metaphor? Was he the dancer? Was his love the runaway train that they can't stop? I don't know what anything was supposed to mean. I I don't know. Terrible. I think – but it's funny because I think what he thought it was metaphorical for isn't like how I interpret it. It's like your relationship is this like disaster. It is the runaway train where you should be that panicked person trying to get off. Right. The runaway train just seems to be like the, – the to me, the way I interpret that story is, wow, sometimes the terrible thing is unavoidable and it, it, you make it worse just – you know, worrying about it and fretting about it before it happens, you might as well dance until it does because you're, it, the train's going to crash either way, right? That is not what he was trying to say with that story. <laughs> no, he was trying to say that, like, you shouldn't fear runaway trains because, th- yeah, it may jump the track, but it then, like, gets back on the track and everything's fine. Happy ending. 
It's like, mm, yes, I don't think that's how runaway trains work. Happy ending. Yeah, that is generally not how runaway trains work no. if you watch the news at all. No, no, no. Oh, my goodness. But I think that's what he was trying to say. He was trying to be like, oh, everybody thinks our relationship is this disaster and they keep on trying to warn us. But we just have to dance and then everything will be fine. It's like, oh, God, delusional. God will take care of it. <sighs> delusional. All right. So, yes, we'll be back with more Runaway Train. But not next week. Not next week. Though. Oh, right. Super Bowl's next weekend. So Super in two Bowl weeks. Super Bowl's next weekend. Yes. All right. right. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. We'll see you in a couple weeks then. All right. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.